final day of the month. This is the Thursday, March 31st edition of the Daily Wager podcast. A lot of NBA action tonight. So sit back, settle in, let Tyler Folgem and I get you set with everything you need to know heading into the betting day. All right, boys and girls, welcome back to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. He's Tyler Folgem. I'm Joe Fortenball. He's in bad shape. And when I mean he, I mean you. (laughs) Big golf tournament this weekend, yet you sound like someone who is quite hobbled these days. Yeah, I think Tiger Woods' body is in better condition than mine uh, as he prepares for potentially the Masters. I'm getting ready for my member member. I got a pinch nerve or a slip disc, something in the back. So I'm going to have to, you know, tape it together with uh, Icy Hots and Salon Pass uh, treatments all weekend. If anyone has any other, you know, homemade remedies or anything for that type of back issue, um, I could really use it because, uh, you know, my squadron, I think there's a chance this year. I always say that, but... Uh, you know, this horse who might have to carry the team uh, might be a little hobbled. And I'm assuming that as a former athlete going into an athletic event, this injury you sustained to your back, this happened during something <laughs> athletic, no? Well, I dance at weddings in a very athletic manner, Joe. Oh, so, you dance. Uh, yes, yeah, so you could, you could <laughs> consider a wedding performing or wedding entertaining or wedding dancing. I consider that an athletic endeavor because it requires stamina. You got to be on that dance floor for two plus hours. And then you got to have a whole bevy of moves. That's, you know, tapping into your athletic ability to jump, hop, drop it low, shake it, twerk it, all of those (laughs) things. So yeah, you can understand why the back is uh, a little banged up. I probably just didn't stretch enough for uh, the entertainment a couple of weeks ago in Guatemala. (laughs) <laughs> He's a versatile man, ladies and gentlemen, a very versatile man. Uh, speaking of versatile, we're going to jump into this a little bit later in the show, but on Daily Wager today, 6 p.m. Eastern, ESPN2, Caesars just released their 2022 NFL season win totals, win total being the amount of games a team will win. You can bet over or under that. For example, the Las Vegas Raiders, over-unders eight and a half. You can bet that they'll win over. If they win nine or more, you win your bet. If they win under, go under, win eight or less, you lose your bet. Tyler and I will give you one we're each uh, looking at at the end of this pod, but let's begin with some action tonight. Big matchup is the Brooklyn Nets are laying two, total of 243. They get set to host Giannis and the Bucks. How are you attacking this one? Yeah, I like the Bucks here, getting the points. Um, I also like their team total over 120 and a half. I keep harping on Brooklyn's struggles at home. Uh, they are not a good team at home, whether Kyrie's been playing or not. They have a losing record at home straight up. They're 8-28-1 ATS at home this Ugh. season. By far the worst ATS record in the NBA. Uh, Milwaukee, meanwhile, is starting to get things going as they jockey for position in that Eastern Conference. They've played Brooklyn three times this season. They've won two of those games. They have averaged 124 points per game. They've never scored less than 121. And when Kyrie is on the floor, Brooklyn can score with the best of them. But guess what? They can't defend anyone. They have a 115.5 defensive rating with Kyrie on the floor this season. If he had played every game and if that was their season-long defensive rating, Joe, that'd be 28th in the NBA. Okay? Yikes. That would be behind only Houston and I think Portland maybe. So that's how Brooklyn defends when Kyrie is playing. And now they can play at home. Yeah, they'll score a lot, but they'll also give up a lot. And I don't like that combination with Milwaukee, which I think is a better, deeper roster, has a talented and versatile offense. Giannis rises to the occasion in games like these. We saw that against Embiid in Philadelphia. So I like the Bucks plus the points, and I like their offense to go for at least 121. 
All right, I hope you're right with a lot of scoring because I'm going to play a player prop here, a little unconventional. Andre Drummond over, not points, not rebounds, but assists. Assists mine gets a one and a half assists. That's it. One and a half assists. Now the overs plus 120. That's the intrigue here is him going over. First thing you got to note is that he hasn't gone over one and a half assists in any of his last eight games. All right, so you're going to think to yourself, why would you want to make this bet if he never does this? Look at the total in this game first and foremost, 243. That is a scoring environment. That's going to lead to a lot of pace, a lot of shots, a lot of points, a lot of rebounds, and a lot of assists. So Drummond, yeah, he might be averaging 1.8 assists per game on the season, and he might not have hit this mark much as of late, but this isn't your traditional game when you have a total of 243. Also keep in mind, he's recorded at least one assist in 20 of his last 23 games. So he's going to get you the one. History is going to show you he's going to get you the one. The question is whether or not he can get you the two. And when you juice it to plus 120 and the total for the game is 243 points, I'm more than willing to bet that we'll get that second one tonight. So Drummond over one and a half assists at plus 120. Game number two, the Philadelphia 76ers off yet another choke job against the Milwaukee Bucks a couple nights ago. They're in Detroit. They're laying nine and a half. Total of 223 and a half. The Pistons have been a covering machine. Do you like them to get the job done here? Yeah, I just, this needs to be pointed out. You'll talk about Philly and why you think they're Fugazi in just a second. But (laughs) the Pistons in an underdog role, Doug Kazarian got us on this, are 15-0-2 their last 17 games in an underdog role. I repeat, 15-0-2. They have morphed into a completely competent basketball team. They're about a league average basketball team over the last, you know, two, three, four weeks. And I don't think the market has yet realized that because they're not winning a lot of these games. They're just playing bad competition, mediocre competition, and really good competition very competitively. So you got Kate Cunningham balling. You got Sadiq Bay. You got Marvin Bagley over there, who's a top two pick once upon a time, has a lot of talent. This is the team that I think the, the market's just not respecting enough. So when I see them almost getting 10 points against the Philly team, which I'm sure you're going to point out how disappointing they've been as of late, I'm on the Pistons side plus the points. You don't need me to point it out. Everybody knows they're, they're choke <laughs> artists. Everyone knows that when it's the big stage and the bright lights, they can't handle it. Tonight, I'm not messing with the side of the total. Again, I'm going to go player prop. You just mentioned Marvin Bagley. His rebound prop in this game is seven and a half. It's plus 110 to the over. I'm going to play the over. Now, he's only averaging 7.1 rebounds per game since he landed in Detroit. So, obviously, you can see why we get plus money for going over 7.5. But his minutes should be up. Jeremy Grant out for the season, which creates A, a lot of minutes, and B, a lot of opportunities on the glass against a Philadelphia team that doesn't rebound all that great. Embiid rebounds well, all right? As soon as I say something like that, people are like, what about Embiid? Embiid is fantastic, but the rest of the team doesn't hold its weight. Philly 23rd in total rebounding this year, 20th in defensive rebounding. I think the increase in minutes, the opponent, and the pricing leads this to a bet. Marvin Bagley over seven and a half rebounds tonight against Philadelphia. Game number three as we go out west, the Jazz are laying 13. Total of 227 against the Lakers. Anything here stand out to you? Yeah, when researching this game, I was surprised to find that the Lakers are undefeated against the Jazz this season. They've won both games, uh, 106 to 101. February 22nd, that game was in L.A. And 101 to 95, January 17th, that game also taking place in L.A. So they've played Utah very well. Obviously, Joe, there's going to be a significant difference between the Laker team that rolls out for this matchup in Utah versus those two that won those games. 
LeBron James will not be playing. Anthony Davis, you know, uh, getting closer to Pierce, but likely still out. So I'm going to look at the under 225. And I think that's mostly going to be driven by the fact that the Lakers team total uh, is going to come in under 105 and a half as well. Uh, as you, as you, as you heard there in the two games they played, they scored 106 and 101 in wins against the Utah jazz. I oh. don't think they're going to win this game. Uh, maybe they can cover because Utah has been dreadful as of late. They've lost like four or five in a row and, and they're kind of sinking. However, I just don't see a team losing LeBron James and having their offensive rating sink the way that it does, you know, score more than 101, 106 points in a matchup against Utah now at, in Utah's gym. So again, I, the, the, you can't bet the jazz right now because they're just a sinking ship. I think they win this game. The numbers too much, but the Lakers with LeBron James struggled to score 105 points and wins against the Utah jazz. I don't think the Lakers are going to win this game. I, offense is tremendously compromised uh, with just Russell Westbrook and a bunch of G leaguers around him. So I'll play the game under 225 and a half and focus mostly on it coming from the Lakers team total under 105 and a half. But I must admit we were all on that with the Lakers yesterday or, or Wednesday or Tuesday, whenever it was their last game against the Dallas Mavericks. And that did not work out well as that game soared over uh, with both the Lakers team total and the total, but I'm not afraid. I'll come back to that thinking if it's just Russell Westbrook, this team struggles to score. Okay, and you brought up exactly the key point why I'm going to be against you on this one, and I'm going to play over. And this is now 227, not 225 and a half. And I don't bring that up to point out the discrepancy. What I do bring that up for is, like you, we discussed that Mavericks-Lakers game the other night. We talked about a bad Laker offense. We talked about a really solid Mavericks defense. We talked about pace. We talked about the game being in Dallas. And even though the line went up and we saw the total go up, we all sat there and we played the under and we all got burned on it. And I'm watching this take place again. Same situation. Bad Lakers team without LeBron on the road against a pretty good defense in Utah. A game you would think would be an under and the total is moving up. And I'm going to play the over as a result of that. Now, that's a really small sample and it's pretty lousy analysis as to why I'm doing it. But the one thought I have here, and I was thinking about this in the Dallas game, when these elite defenses find themselves in games against lousy opponents, I don't think the defense shows up the way we remember. If Dallas and Boston are going to go head-to-head, I think you're going to see great defensive efforts. Boston the other night had a game against Oklahoma City where I believe they buried them, but they gave up a ton of points to OKC because they were coming off a huge win against Denver. It was like the last game on a road trip. They, they kind of mailed it in, and I think that's what's happening against this Lakers team. There's no LeBron. There's no AD. The opponents don't care, so they don't necessarily try to shut them down. And even though the Lakers are awful, absolutely awful on the offensive end, they're still going to push the pace. So ultimately, their inability to get stops against the Jazz, I'm going to play the over. This just might be a fishing expedition, and if I'm wrong, I'm more than happy to admit defeat. But I'm going to take the information from the Dallas game the other night, and I'm going to apply it here. I'm going to play the over. Before we say goodbye, win totals just hit the board at Caesars Palace for the 2022 NFL season. We're going to talk about a bunch of them today on Daily Wager, ESPN2, 6 p.m. Eastern. Give me one that caught your eye when you were perusing the opening 32 numbers. Yeah, my favorite win, to, you know, we like picking on bad teams. So, I mean, I'll throw out, you know, Falcons, five and a half. That's comically too high. They may win one game. They're going to be like the Texans this year. They're, 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 they're their talent so deficient of, or their roster so talent deficient. It's unreal. Uh, five and a half is way too high for the Falcons. But my favorite one, which I think is just wildly disrespectful to this organization and its head coach, is having the Pittsburgh Steelers at seven and a half. 
If they win eight games, they come in at an eight and nine record. That'd be an under 500 record. As you well know, Joe Fortenball, in (laughs) 15 coaching campaigns with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin has, let me conjure my LeVar ball, never, never lost, (laughs) never had a losing season. And that was, think about last year with how bad Ben Roethlisberger was at quarterback and he didn't have a losing season. This guy has never won less than eight games in 15 years coaching this uh, historic franchise. So I look at Mitchell Trubisky in 2022 as a physical upgrade over 2021 Ben Roethlisberger. I think he makes with his athleticism that offense more difficult to defend against. They still have Najee Harris. They still have Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. Pat Firemove, your Penn State boy, was great as a tight end last year. He should make a second-year leap. And this was a team that had a negative 55-point differential last year, and Mike Tomlin still captained that ship to nine wins. So I- I'm sorry. Seven and a half is wildly disrespectful to Tomlin and the Steelers. I'm over that, and I think it's my favorite play. I look at it the same way I looked at the San Antonio Spurs coming into this season. Their win total was like 28 or 29 and a half. And I said, listen, I know Tim Duncan and Tony Parker aren't walking through that door, but Greg Popovich is still the coach of that damn team, and you will put some respect on Popovich's name. What do we know? The Spurs, while not being great, have 31 wins and will easily eclipse that mark that they had. So that's the way I look at this Steelers team. Even if Trubisky gets hurt, somehow, someway, Tomlin will – duct tape together eight wins for that team, even in a difficult division. Yeah, I can tell you that while I might not ride on the over with you, I'm not going to play the under. Certainly not going to play the under against a team like Pittsburgh with that defense and that coaching staff, well-run organization. And under I will play is the Miami Dolphins, eight and a half. Ooh. I have I have no, no, no confidence in this team whatsoever. I think what's going to happen here is that a lot of people are buying into this this clever hire of Mike McDaniel as the head coach. You know, this guy's really good at winning the press conference with some of his sound bites. We get very excited. And then we see them go out and spend a ton of money in free agency, knowing full well nobody wins the Super Bowl in March, but they're out there spending tons of cash. And then we see the record from eight year, uh, last year, excuse me, uh, when they won nine games. And we think, oh, they can get there again. There is so much you need to understand about this Dolphins team. First and foremost, yes, they won nine games last year. All right. They had a minus 32 point differential, which is more indicative of a seven win team. First and foremost, they exceeded expectation. That points to regression. Number two, their nine wins came against seven teams that had a combined record of 44 and 75. They didn't beat a single team that went to the playoffs. The only teams they beat that had a winning record were the Patriots and the Saints. Now, back to Mike McDaniel, the new head coach. Why is it that we love this guy? He has one year of experience as a coordinator. One. And he didn't even call the plays because that's what Kyle Shanahan does in San Francisco. So I think he might be out of his depth. Number two, he's he's working for a historically inept and dysfunctional franchise that, I got to tell you, that trickles down. All right? It's not like you're going to get great organizational support from everything we've seen in Miami. And I know everyone's going to tell me about Tyree Kill and how he's going to be Debo Samuel. Unless he's going to put on 30 pounds so he weighs 215 like Debo, he ain't going to be Debo because he's going to take a few shots. And you see how Samuel gets hurt? Tyree Kill is going to get banged up if he is running that football. Plus, he just cashed in and he already has the Super Bowl. So I'm wondering how much you get from him anyway. Long story short, don't believe in Tua. Don't believe in the coach. Don't believe in the organization. Last year's numbers were propped up because of a fraudulent fraudulent schedule and very fortunate wins. 
I'm going under on Miami eight and a half. I hope no one thinks I'm towing the line there. I think I was very definitive on that. But <laughs> any fair. counters <laughs> will be left for another day because that's a wrap. We've already exceeded our 10 minutes. So thank you for checking us out. He's Tyler Folgem. I'm Joe Fortenball. Daily Wagers back, ESPN2. Final episode of the week. We're dark tomorrow, so we're covering the final four, the NFL, and everything in between. We'll see you there, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. 